you know, Dave, of course, I always enjoy talking to you. But why don't we add somebody else to the call tonight? I think you're right. I wonder let's who we could uh, get. See, let's pick a name. Uh, let's just look somebody up at random and see uh, if a squad leader. <laughs> or I could just grab a scenario card and pick a name off of it. Yeah, do that. All um, right. What do I have here? I have uh, this thing called Hard Rock. Uh, Michael Puccio. Puccio. Pooch. Michael Puccio. Oh, Pooch. Do you think he does squad leader stuff still? He probably still does. Let's see if I can find him. Okay. This is kind of like on NCIS when they're doing impossible computer stuff within seconds. Yeah, I think I found him, Dave. Oh. Let's see. Does he have a Skype number or account? Well, if he doesn't, we'll figure it out. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. <laughs> dingy. Gentlemen. Ah, is this Michael Puccio? Yeah, Pooch, guys, Pooch. Pooch. We don't know you well enough to call you that, though. No, that's my nickname. <laughs> that's my nickname. I'm glad we all have beers. I shaved mine for this. Oh, we don't see your picture. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Okay, hold on, guys. How about now? Ah, there we go. Oh, yes, you do. Ah. I look like Brad Pitt when I shave. You do. You do. Man. You all kind of look alike a little bit, actually. My, my, girl, my girlfriend is sitting here. I told her to be quiet. She's been here 15 seconds. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that didn't take long, did it? Yeah. Off okay. of the course. <laughs> so I did see what you guys did a few years ago with my Airborne article. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You probably I mean, noticed a, a, a distinct uptick in your uh, residual income after that. <laughs> Did I? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> talk about that, fellas. No, but uh, no, I did appreciate that. That was nice to you guys. Because uh, part of the things with ASL is I like doing the, the different, you know, the different, the rules allow you to do all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah. And I'm a big airborne guy. You know, my email is 82nd Airborne. You know, but I wasn't in, you know, when I did that airborne article, that was uh, Ray. Um, Ray's idea, you know. JPL, yeah. Yeah, and he said, you know, he said, you like it so much, why don't you do it? And think about it from like a college point of view. So I, you know, I said the main thing that it does is it kind of stretches, like the Calvary article, which I did for the annual. I don't know if you guys ever read that. You got it right there? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, show my girlfriend. See how famous I am? Very this guy. Very impressive. He is famous. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's funny, though. I have, I have not played a Calvary scenario since that article came up <laughs> up and down the east coast people come up to me it's like uh, you know advice for women i gotta help them all with calvary yeah. i'm like read the article it's all there <laughs> you know? how do you account for the fact yeah you not played a cavalry since then uh, you know well guys to be honest with you you know what happened um that was in the mid 90s um my i i had twins in 1998 and I walked away from the game. And to be honest with you, I did not miss it. I was, you know, uh, I had a few scenarios um, uh -huh. that I was designing that kind of got stuck in flight, mid-flight. But I had the twins. I had the boy and the girl. And they got me in sports. I was coaching them. And uh, what got me back into the game was after about 10 years. Do you, are you guys familiar with Joe Liossi? Do you know Joe Liossi's name? I uh, probably read it somewhere, but the, no. the Albany tournament. Have you heard of the Albany tournament? Yes, mm -hmm. sure. Okay, so he runs that, and yeah. it was his brainchild. Basically, well, I better not say it online, but <laughs> yeah, you know, his, to get a weekend of ASL in without his wife clobbering him. Let's just keep it at that. Uh, but we, we all do that. So basically, what happened was uh, he set this up, and it was in like the tenth, tenth iteration, and he called me up like three days before. And he was like, could you come? Could you play? I want you to play. Just come. And I hadn't played ASL in 10 years. You can imagine what that's like, right? Taking a 10-year layoff. Mm -hmm. So I did go. And, you know, the competition is fairly fairly um, tough. You know, I go to Nor'easter, too, which is a little bit more laid back. That's the uh, Yazzle guys in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And I, I lost my first two scenarios. 
but then I, I won the next three, so it was a lot of fun, you know. And to go 500 or one game under or one game over in that uh, in that venue was pretty good. There's a there's a lot of plevers there. J.R. Tracy's there. Um, Paul Sidhu, Dunsky, you know Ron Dunsky, um, Gary May. Really a lot of good East Coast players, you know. So um, that's how it got me back into it. So I, in that time, I haven't played any cavalry. I mean, I might have played one where there was a horse. <laughs> you know, like one horse and a leader. I might have played that. But it's funny because people come up to you like like you're intimate with it. It's like you're helping them with their taxes. Yeah. Yeah, from the guys, you know. I haven't played a Calvary scenario since 95, you know. But I, I, I got to play one just to get just to read the article again and, and get to play it again. Sure, you should. So, so kind of like you get, uh, here's the thing you're going to do. So you're going to study it like Jeff and I have been studying the Pacific. We've been playing a ton of uh, Operation Watchtower, and we think we're going to stick with the. We thought, what do we play next? We go to European theater, and then we realized, th then we will forget everything we've spent this year learning. <laughs> you know, yeah, and right. so you, you studied this thing to great detail, but then 10 years later, right, you're not going to remember all the details of all that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, yeah, I mean, it came, it came back to me pretty quickly, you know, uh, and, um, you know, I, I've, I've generally gone two and three, three and two up there, you know, I'm a, maybe, maybe a game over 500, but it's tough though. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough local tournament and he gets people from, you know, Sweden, they fly in. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not, not Aslot, but it's, it's, it's. It's the East Coast version of it, you know. I mean, the rounds are set up. Plev is there, you know. He he's the director, so he doesn't often play. Uh, he's amazing. If you guys never played him, I mean, he's, you know, the only thing I got over him is I'm a better guitar player. I like to hold that over his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's got everything else. He's better looking. He's smarter. And all you gotta do is ask him. He'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's he's a gentleman though. He really is a gentleman, you know. Uh, but how did, it, uh, how'd you get into ASL in the first place? Well, it's actually funny. Now, you guys know J.R. Tracy's name, right? You've heard of Yes, we, yeah. I think so we interviewed J.R., yeah. We did, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Did he mention me? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, of course. Uh, very fondly. <laughs> I don't believe you guys. But anyway, <laughs> um, what happened was we met at the first Avalon Con, and we both signed up for Empires and Arms. And we played all weekend. It was We played the... There's a revolutionary variant where you're the French Revolution. And we played it all weekend. And then we had some free time on Sunday. So I said, he asked me, he said, have you ever played ASL? I said, not really, but I got all this. I actually, actually had the stuff with me, you know. I never played before. And uh, he said, I've never played. Do you want to try a, a scenario? So we played uh, Lash Out uh, from the Market Garden, those series of seven scenarios from one of the annuals. Yeah, yeah. called at the time. And we enjoyed it. And him and he was living in London at the time. And we kept in touch. It was really nice. Uh, we used to play by regular mail war games. We used to send the mail back and forth. I mean, yeah, this was in like 92, 93. And, you know, you'd, you'd have to you'd really have like eight days between moves because the die rolling would be done by uh, the stock exchange. We used to do by the stock exchange. We used to pick a oh. stock. And then check the, yeah, yeah check the, the daily paper. Day, you know, and if the mail was late, you would say, check the stock as of Tuesday. And if it wasn't, if the number didn't end between one and six, uh, or whatever we were using, um, you'd have to go down to the next stock until you found ah. one between one and six. One, so six. we were pretty religious. We played a couple of email games like that for maybe a year or two. And then he came back and we signed up for Avalon Con. Um, and, uh, you know, we played, you know, when he moved into the city, we played a lot. And then the kids came, his kids came. Um, we really uh, don't play as much as we used to. But that's how I started. We both started learning together, you know. Very but cool. he's, he, he's, 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 he's incredibly, he's a really good player. Really good player. Yeah, he beat, he beat me in a, one of my first uh, ASL Opens here in Chicago. Um, so that's where I had his name down on my first list of guys like who play ASL from other not local, not just my friends. It was the first time I'd gone ever to a tournament and even met strange people. He's from Chicago, I think, isn't he? Cincinnati. Game I didn't know personally. He's well, I think he's out. Uh, yeah, maybe Cincinnati, Cincinnati now. Yeah. yeah. But, 
That was Yankees. We uh, yeah, we yeah, we did uh, we did interview him. It was absolutely. He was surprised we picked him. But <laughs> he's also very active on Twitter, so I, I see all his games that he's playing now. Yeah, he's uh, he's got this he's got this war room in West 18th Street. Have you guys ever been to New York? No, I no, have not. New York is uh, West 18th Street's nice, um, and he's got these 10 foot ceilings, and he's got games after games after games. It's really beautiful. I again, I haven't been there in a while, but it's definitely a, a place a lot of people play in and stuff. So he, he's a good player, you know. But then, really, what engaged me was. Um, after that tournament, I found out they were doing a Korean War uh, module. And I remember I was telling you guys I had mm-hmm. some insight. So if you look in the... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, the original name of that was supposed to be Rock and Soul, you know. And then they wanted to call it Rock Hard, and I nixed that. I said, no. I said, I don't want to call it Rock Hard. And they didn't want to call it Rock and Soul because they, the battle took place like 35 miles from Seoul. But I said they were driving on Seoul. But the thing is, when I saw the scenarios, and I got to be honest, I really didn't help out that much, but they did not have a tournament-sized scenario. And I said to myself, even though it's seven and a half turns, it's kind of long, um, it's definitely it's definitely probably one of the smallest scenarios in in the pack. And I think it's getting the most play, which, knock on wood, I'm very happy with. But the North Koreans seem to be, that seems to have an edge with the North Koreans. So, um, well, yeah, the um, Korean People's Army won when we played it. I we took we're gonna have four players get together and play through a bunch of the larger scenarios. So, we just happened to have chosen this one right before COVID for um, our test game. So, I did play this one with uh, four people, and again, it was short enough. I don't know if we finished it in one night or two, probably one. But um, yeah, I actually did play it. So, did you like it? That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what side did you have? Were you the South Koreans? Uh, I won with the Korean People's Army. Okay. Yeah, it seems to favor them a little bit. That's the only one I've done that's um, officially published because I usually go through the bat, the, the Yassel guys, you know, Carl Nagara and um, and Tom Marin. You know, I, I've been publishing a lot of the scenarios with them. Yankee ASL. Yes, yeah, so we did. Uh, yeah, that's the new one. <laughs> that one. Let me tell you something. That was a boop to, to design the victory conditions. Yeah, because <laughs> what? And I just and I, I covered this one. We did it on our last show, Jeff. Yeah, I think so. Right. I we did these scenarios from I just sent us the Nor'easter pack to just review kindly right. from Michael Sprague. And you have the isolated platoon. Right. Right? And so it's a great setup. I was raving about it. I'm like, this one looks really cool. And then you have the um, parachute infantry coming on to the west edge. You notice that And the Japanese. Right? Mm-hmm. You notice that paratroopers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, 747s. Seven, and uh, the... So then, yeah, What tell us about the design of that, if you can. Like, what well, problem you ran into? or That was kind of interesting. Because I, I work with Tom very closely. And, th- you know, I don't know if you guys ever did anything like that that's creative. Or you're doing research or stuff. I mean, I'm sure you have. It's just maybe not for mm-hmm. yourself. Not for, no. But it becomes like your children, you know. Like, I really do play guitar. And uh, I write, I, I've, been writing this, I've been writing an album. Mostly to keep Nancy engaged. Uh, <laughs> and I want to make sure she doesn't run off with a better looking guy than me. <laughs> and here's two right here. Stop, Nancy. Stop. <laughs> so anyway, so what happened is, uh, you know, Tom is one of the few people I've known him forever, like probably 25, 30 years. And the first time we met was probably the, the, the greatest day of ASL I ever played because I played Red Star, Red Star against my good friend Chris Cavanaugh was kind of dropped out of the hobby, but he was really... I did the replay with him, the scouts out. He was the journalist, if you guys have ever read that replay. And JR was actually the the Americans, and I was the neutral commentator. And halfway through the game... Afraid through the game, JR dissed me and I became the hostile commentator. <laughs> he, he was getting annoyed with me of being too neutral, he thought. Oh, I forget what. I think I was being too picky humor writing the rules down. Uh, so, Tom, I trust. 
So we played this. Um, I, I saw this because I was doing paratroop scenarios. And this is the same guys that landed on Corregidor later on, you know. And the Japanese in this case, they only really had 1,000 or maybe 1,500 infantrymen. So they decided to prolong the campaign by, by withdrawing into the jungle. And the paratroopers got frustrated at one point, and that platoon kind of extended itself. And that's what the Japanese were waiting for, you know. Um, so they did cut them off. But the problem was, and I really, I really had to divorce myself from it. I play tested with Rob Arietta. Do you guys know him? I think he's from. Yeah, he's a gentleman too. He play tested it like four times with me before we sent it in, and we could not get the victory conditions to work, where it was balanced. I mean, we went crazy. And I, I told Carl and Tom, and like I said, I trust I trust both of them. But Tom Tom works more in the scenarios with me. That you know, you guys really got to help us with these victory conditions because just like you said, it looks fun, right? It does look fun. You cut off. You're trying to get to them. The Japanese are trying to hold both forces at bay, you know. So we they really worked hard on it. They actually changed the map because I'm a big map 67 guy. Mm-hmm. I love Map 67. I mean, it's like it's like the centerfold in Playboy. Map 67. <laughs> I look at it, I get all excited. I love all scenarios on Map 67. So they took it out and they actually made a map. So I've, I've I actually haven't played that version with the new map. Yeah, NP1, this new map. Yes, and the funny thing is, the funny thing is one of the biggest things that I have with Tom. I don't think he'll mind me saying it. Is he hates the pictures I pick. I pick the pictures. Mm-hmm. So that one he really hated. He goes, they're just standing there. They're just I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're in the jungle. They're standing there. I said, not everything is a bonsai charge, you know. I said, I think it's kind of cool. You look at the uniforms, you know. Uh, so he 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 was begging me, begging me to change the picture. I said, no, no, please. And if you look, uh, can you hold it up again? Let me just see the the, the Americans. Hold hold it up a little bit. Lift it up. Uh, was there a carbine on there? Oh no, it's the Rock Force. I always make them put for the for the for the uh, the graphic the carbine because I have one, you know, um, and it's sitting in my room. So they, if you look, a lot of my scenarios, the Americans will have the carbine, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there that is, picture, there. that picture, I didn't that picture I didn't pick because I was MMP. They they want that, but there's carbines in there, you oh, know. But right. he, he he, you know, the, these scenarios. Um, would not be as good without their TLC. I mean, you know, I got to give them credit. Uh, the play test is up there. I kind of was, I kind of was bummed out because I forgot to tell him how much Rob played it, because he, he's not included on the uh, play testers. But here's a shout out to him now. I hope he's seeing oh, it. Rob, there I didn't see the name there. I was kind of bummed. My bad. I should have told him. You know, because we, we we played it maybe five times. Who knows? And you know, it's a fun little scenario. But five times of anything is a little bit much. You know. Yeah. But the other one that I had in flight when I stopped playing really <laughs> was uh, Thunder from Heaven from the bunker. I did, uh, you don't have, it's not, it's not as recent as those, but it was uh, the Varsity series. I did, did three Varsity series, uh, three, three scenarios. And that was the one that was huge. It was really big where the uh, Americans from the 17th Airborne landed and then a few minutes later, some gliders from the British Sixth Airborne landed on top of them, so it's this wild melee, and to just throw some more chaos theory at you, you got paradrop. The gliders aren't as bad, but then the Germans have reinforcements that are variable in size and where they come on, mm-hmm. because that's really what happened. So it, it, it's it's a big mofo. It's pretty big. It's, it'll take two. Or th- it'll take three or four nights to play, I think. But that one, I was so happy to get out because it was sitting on my computer for like 15 years. Oh. And then they said to me, why don't you, um, why don't you, do you have any more Varsity? So I went and I did the other two, uh, one of which uh, American gliders uh, land on top of a battery of um, Germans. And I used the new Fortenberry boards, you know, the boards that go double the other way. I just call them the Fortenberry boards because it was the first yeah, time yeah. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was able to incorporate that, and then um, three little bridges, which was um, uh, the Ox and Bucks from Pegasus Bridge. You know the Ox and Bucks from Pegasus Bridge. So they yeah, were, the uh, yes. Yeah, so they they had to take out three bridges, and that's really tough on them. That's really tough. I, I think that one that one could have used to maybe another, a little bit more tweaking because the British don't seem to win it very often. You know, 
So, but I got to be honest with you guys. I just wanted to say one thing. My dad got me into history. So this is him. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, this is him higher my, up. Yeah, oh, he's my yeah. hero. You see, Joseph, Joe Puccio. Joe Puccio. Yeah. And he died. He passed away in 1969 when I was six. Oh. But he had such an effect on me that for the rest of my life, I've always been into history. And um, there's an article that I wrote in um, Critical Hit, which was Ray started it, but he never finished it. He was going to have a series of dads in World War II. And I I did all this research on my dad, and I found out, you know, he he fought in the Battle of Mortain, the Battle of St. Lowe. He got wounded, strangely enough, on September 11th, 1944. You know, I did all this research, you know. Uh, because he got me into it, and, and Nan, I got to be honest with you, Nan, Nan, she, she's sitting here, but she's a great girlfriend. I mean, I got very lucky, knock on wood, you know. But uh, I used to sit on the floor with my dad back in the '60s, and we used to watch combat. And you know, I think we uh, all, yeah. we all, we all probably all look like we're all in the same age category, guys. So, uh, and I haven't seen it as an adult. So I found out Shecky Green was in the first like half season. And I love Shecky Green, and I said I got to see some of Shecky's episodes. And of course, there's one really funny one where he gets captured, and he's got the Germans, you know, he's got he's running circles around the Germans, and uh, you know, it was on for five seasons. And I, I started watching them with Nancy, and we just started the third season. She's watched 62 or 63 of these episodes. Wow! And none really? of that. No, yeah, not even suffering in silence. She actually likes them. You got to see us talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it really is it really is great to have to have her share the interest with me. You know, uh, and I remember my dad that way because I remember sitting there, and um, I remember a couple of couple of the episodes watching it with him. You know, so that's great. Where do you watch it? I don't I don't even know where you find combat right now. Well, you know, it was actually I actually lucked out because because yeah, get get the. Uh, um, I have a bachelor pad. Mm. Oh yeah, the uh, whole collection. So what, what it is is they have. Um, I got the the all five all five uh, seasons for forty bucks, so it's like a dollar a DVD. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you something. It's remarkably, except for the vehicles, it's remarkably <laughs> accurate. That you see them with the M1 thumb and the the pinging. I never knew the M1 pinged. You know when it, when they shot it, uh, they have Panzerfaust. Now they weren't real Panzerfaust, but they looked damn close. You know, like if we made one in our garage, you know, from photographs. I mean, it was really kind of cool. And so many, so many actors: James Coburn, Mickey Rooney, Sal Mineo, who I love, tra- died tragically young. Um, but it's Roddy definitely Roddy McDowell. We saw last night. Oh wow! You know, Richard couple Bates. Of, a couple of Planet of the Apes guys there. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Ted Knight is in it three times. Oh really? At German. Mm. <laughs> And the, the rule of thumb was if you played a German, you had to speak German. And also, here's another big guy, James Kahn. And he was a German uh, a German uh, sergeant. Very, 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 and the show stands up. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it's as accurate as Private Ryan. And, you know, Rick Morrow gets wounded like 30 times in 150 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit much. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to divert you guys. No, that's okay. We always like we, to know kind of the background uh, you know, like what what got you into the game, and you know what got you into history. So obviously you've explained that. But well, yeah, my get... father had the um, books, like uh, that Civil War, um, American Heritage, with all these big double page drawings of the battles and the little soldiers, and that really I think inspired me to get into making the little armies with the airfix miniatures and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all did that, right? Yeah. And Jeff, you were saying. Well, I was just going to say that uh, um, I was going to get us back onto ASL and just ask you how you went from playing ASL to designing scenarios. Well, what happened is I'm, I'm really a type A. Like, this is a real Brooklyn accent. I was born in Brooklyn and raised in Brooklyn. Right? <laughs> Not like you hear on TV. Oh. I mean, I know I sound kind of stupid, but I'm not as stupid as you hear on TV. <laughs> but what happened, and I, Nancy will tell you, I tell everybody that. So what happened was I, I'm not the type to just sit around and do stuff like when I started playing guitar, I didn't have to be a virtuoso on it, but I wanted to sing, so I learned how to sing. I, I, I got, you know, my ex-wife taught me how to sing. Uh, God bless her; she had a lot of patience. So I started writing songs. So everything is like a evolution, you know. It's like you, you know, you see 
Paul Nogueira, and you say, oh, he's doing it. I could do it. Now, Paul's exemplary. You know, he's he's a great player, and he really – his research is top-notch. But it's just like, oh, well, I want to do that. You know, it's kind of jealousy. You know, it's like John Lennon and Paul McCartney. You know, they both together pushed each other to be better than they were separately, probably, you know. Right. Um, so – I like I like writing. I mean, I like writing music. I like writing uh, the articles. Uh, I haven't written a, a long article since I'm back, but if somebody asked me to, I would. I mean, the hardest one was the uh, was the replay because that's that's tedious with all the moves. And, and yeah, right. Yeah, I've done audio uh, replays where two guys will play here in the basement, and I'll try to keep narrating the hexes they're moving to audially so we don't have to write it down and we take a picture every couple of turns and that alone is is a lot of work to make sure i'm trying to you know state each hex he's moving from a1 to a2 or whatever you know so when you're writing that both does all three players because i know it's like i don't know how many of those jeff has read but it's like one guy is playing one side, and the other, and then the neutral commentator. Is everyone writing down all their moves? And you yeah, we were doing check. that. We were doing that, and we were writing down in between what happened. But if you read, if you read the, uh, if you read the, the that replay, I mean, basically Jr. just ran across the bridge, taking like negative two shots with six morale troops. Nobody broke. I mean, it wasn't even. He said in the next turn, he said, "I wouldn't recommend doing that." <laughs> yeah, no. And, and it got really guys. Uh, it got to the point where he, he got one guy across. He said, well, I'm going to run another. Mm. And he ran two, and then he ran three, and then he ran four. And, and, and you know, it's funny because they're both really good players. They're both really great guys. But Chris always had this reputation of being slightly unlucky. <laughs> and JR always had this reputation of being slightly lucky. So you saw that in that one turn. You know, and it was it was frustrating for Chris, I think, because he, he was holding he was holding firm. You know, there's a lot of uh, toys in there for the Americans. There's a lot of smoke making. You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the scenario. I Great read scenario. the whole. Which one was it again? Which scenario? Scouts Yes, yeah. I read. I know. I read that whole replay. I actually would sit and dutifully read, not every little move, but I would read all the commentary and look at all the pictures. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just it was just. Uh, it was just, uh, and I laughed when Jared wrote that because it was funny because he said, I wouldn't recommend you doing that because I was like shocked. I was like watching this happen. He literally got probably five or six squads. Nobody, and it was a 2X bridge. It was on board 40, you know, the, the curvy bridge, yeah. curvy uh, stream. Yeah. Uh, but that was, you know what, I wish they would do that again because I remember when I was first learning how to play, there was one on the fugitives. And I took out the counters, and I was all happy. I printed out these brand new canals. The counters have got all sorts of stains on them. And I printed them out, and I went move by move. And I learned. I really learned. I said, why did he do that? And if I didn't find it in the commentary, I would go back to the rules, and I would look. Uh -huh. You know. So you but studied I, them well. Yeah, well, I, I haven't done it in a while, you know, yeah. but um, I should. But, you know, it, it's gone past now for me. Like I said, I, I, I'm an average player. You know, I feel like I'm average. I, you know, I, on any given day, I could I could beat most players, and any given day, most of them could beat me. You know, somebody of, ple of Plevis caliber, I know I really don't have a chance against. Uh, Call, I've never beaten. I've played him about ten times. You know, uh, Tom, Tom, and I have about fifty-fifty, and uh, all our games are memorable. So we don't even. I mean, it's like great because you know, but I got a bunch of friends in New York. And one thing that I'm always proud to, I always point out to them, is I'm the only one that has one of these. <laughs> oh. And read that. It's third place from Nor'easter. So I sometimes bring this to when we're gaming. I don't let them touch it, but I let them look at it. It looks like it's the size you could actually hang it around your neck. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. They would hang it here, but I think a little lower, you know. So one of the things is, you know, it comes up when they're abusing me. I said, well, I have a plaque, fellas. <laughs> you know? yeah. I have nothing left to prove. Yeah, well, basically, I know they're going to be watching this, so I had, to, I had to edge that in there, you know. So so when you get into uh, a scenario design, how do you come upon the content that you want to use from reading history books or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically that. Um, I mean, the Korean War stuff, uh, they have another one of mine 
called, I, you know, it's my, some of the, they were laughing at the, a man called Hogjaw, but that was the guy's name. Mm-hmm. They called him Hogjaw because he had no name. It was HJ. His name was HJ. Mm-hmm. And he got killed. He got killed in that battle. Um, so, yeah, I, I've come across some stuff. I had a, yeah. So they were like, what is up with that name? And I said, that's, that's the guy's name, you know. That was, that's a fun one. That it really is a fun one. We, we enjoyed playing that. It's kind of big, um, but it, we, we definitely we definitely enjoyed designing that. There's another one. Do you remember where the idea for this one? Yeah, the Marine. The, I, I, you know what? I'm in the middle of packing to move, but uh, there's this thing online that's like 5 billion pages about the Marines in Korea. Ah. And you, you read about the Marines in Korea, and, uh, you know, if the first thing you check out is let me look at Inchon, right? So, I mean, because Inchon was, was MacArthur's masterpiece. Uh, you know, they put, they cobbled together that Marine division, you know, really wasn't a cohesive force yet. Um, and, um, you know, it was a cakewalk until they got to Seoul, but this guy, these guys ran into this, this, this position and it was a bitch, you know, really was a bitch, you know, and he literally had the planes fly a dummy run just to keep their heads down, you know, uh-huh. so, uh, because they were deathly afraid, obviously, of the aircraft, because they were dropping napalm on them. Go figure. <laughs> you know? But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I read a lot of books. I mean, one one book on Korea, if anybody's interested, is uh, Colder Than Hell. And the guy's name, he was a lieutenant. His name was Joe. I can't remember his last name. It escapes me. But uh, it really is about squad leader-like tactics in Korea. And he was in the company, and he was in charge of the mortar platoon. And you learn a lot about mortars, the 60 millimeter mortars. And uh, unfortunately, the officers had gotten, had gotten wounded and killed. And he took over the company by the end of the campaign. Uh, he got wounded retreating from Chosen. He got stitched. He was in the hospital for over a year. You know, got stitched. Wow. Yeah, he, great book, Holden and Hell. I cannot remember his name. And I'm embarrassed, but because I've read it, I no. think. But Squally the Tactics, folks, that's, that's a good one. Uh, okay. You know, obviously, I read a lot about the, uh, I read a lot about paratroopers, so I like them a lot, you know. But I'll get a book like. Uh, we notice he's wearing pants. Yes, he is. Yes, okay. Oh. <laughs> Even though he doesn't have to. Hey, yeah, we're, we're not. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is a book. Believe it or not, I found it 30 years ago in strategy and tactics. Oh, put those legs yeah. down. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants. I can't. Uh, <laughs> now here's a word from one of our great sponsors, Ritter Krieg. You know about Ritter Krieg, Dave? I'm sure you do. Of course you do. They're a regular sponsor for our show and have been for a long time. Listen, folks, go over to RitterKrieg.com. If you play ASL, you what, should be going to... What do I find there at RitterKrieg.com? All kinds of stuff. Stuff from LaFranc Terrier, from Bounding Fire Productions, from MMP... All ASL stuff. All ASL stuff. Every, everything you would want. Go there. Check out the website. It's a great website. Great place to buy. But isn't it sometimes cost prohibitive to have this stuff shipped to your house? Well, this is the beauty of buying from Ritter Creek. You go to one site. You buy stuff. If it's inside the 48 United States, then it's free shipping. Wow. Go to RitterCreek.com today. Uh, so this book, I found this book in Strategy, uh, The Complete Strategist. It's a gaming store in New York. There used to be two of them, but now there's only one, I think. I think I've seen everything. ads for them somewhere, yeah. Yeah, you should see them in Strategy and Tactics, right? That's, that's where I Okay, send. that's where. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, this was there, and <laughs> it was there for years. And I bought it maybe 25 years ago, 20 years ago, for like $35. I mean, look at the size of this book, right? Oh, yeah. That would be 60 um, So if you look... You, you, see these, you see all these little things? Yeah, yeah. he's got bookmarks in all of them. Those are my 82nd Airborne scenarios. I read the book 10 years ago. These things have been here in 10 years. i got to get to it. Oh, you know? he's got things to do. I, start, I started it. Yeah, I started them. And uh, I made them non-drops because what I did was I had so many airdrops. I said, you know what? I said, let me let me, let me me look at, um, let me look at, um, you know, non-drops, and this book is great. And there's another book called The Sword of St. Michael, which yeah. is, again, about the 82nd Airborne. But one, one of the scenarios I'm looking at doing there is, um, you know, you guys are familiar with the uh, Crossing of the Wild during the Market Garden. 
yeah. Julian Cook, you know, in the movie, it's Robert Redford, Hail Mary, Full of Grace. Yeah. Well, Gavin was watching that, right? Just like they show in the movie. But he got called away because the Germans were overrunning the landing zones. Mm. So he didn't watch the end of that. He didn't know what happened. He had to leave because the landing zones were in big trouble. So I'm doing it. one of those scenarios is on that. And it's a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of German AA guns, mounted AA guns on half tracks and trucks were involved in it. Mm-hmm. And they just basically cleared it before the uh, before the gliders came down. Right? So yeah. he had to he had to leave. And it was it was it was it really the wall gets all the attention because it was, you know, it was, it was they were obviously very brave, you know. Um, but the, the division saved itself there because if those drop if they if they got overrun, they were in trouble. You know, they were in big trouble, you know, and the gliders were coming down and the Germans were setting up AA guns around the around the landing zones. <laughs> so they would have shot the gliders to pieces. It would have been a massacre, just yeah. like, you know, they, they were always afraid of, you know, landing zones of gliders dancing, oh, <laughs> drop zones of parachutes. Okay. So she'll retain that. She'll remember that. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's <laughs> taking notes, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you've got also this LZS. It's the Operation Varsity series. Is the Operation Varsity series a series of scenarios that are all appearing in the dispatches from the bunker? Yeah, that one is done. What it is is Vic, Vic Provost does dispatches. And again, great scenarios. And Tom and Carl are very active on it. A lot of the Yazzle folks, uh, Tom Wilk, uh, Ted Wilcox, excuse me, uh, Jim Povey, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Povey, or maybe he was a colonel. Excuse me, Jimmy. Uh, he, um, you see, Bob Tafano, who I'm good friends with, Tom, you know, Carl Nagara. Tom Morin, yeah. Yeah, Tom Morin is, he's, he's, that's the Tom I was speaking of, if you got it, if I wasn't yeah. clear. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, what Vic does is he, you're allowed to do a series, which I think that's going to be the 82nd Airborne one when I get to it, um, if, you, if you got three scenarios. So, he'll let you do three. So when I did the when I did the thunder from heaven, he asked for the other two. So LZS, which is a, I wish I had another name for it because I can never say it. Uh, nice. I have to stop and think. Uh, that's the one I was talking about where uh, uh, the paratroopers landed around the battery and they had to knock out the the guns. They basically had to knock out the guns. That's actually a lot of fun because um, the the Americans actually I think have some seventy five pack howitzers that they could get conceivably get into the battle. It's very hard. Yes, you're looking at it, right? I have two of them, yeah. Yeah. And the third one is three little bridges, and that's just a British glider troops alone one. And that one's really hard on the bridge. I, I really feel like we could have tweaked it a little better. But, you know, it's definitely fun. I mean, they were yeah, using... this has 18 gliders come in and two Jeeps. I assume that comes off of the gliders? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... So what I did was then, you know, when I did Bro Bay, Bro Bay Bruhaha, I was looking for something again that was just more mainstream because I'm going doing all these, I'm doing all these, you know, glide is and all these crazy things, you know. So I wanted to do something that was more mainstream because I also did another little one uh, that Tom really should get credit for, um, Unnoticed Victory. Tom is a big Wake Island guy, you know, like we all got our little niches. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the craziest ones I ever did. And uh, it actually, the, the, these American civilians and Marines, small small number of Marines, actually succeeded in wiping out a company of Japanese Marines. <laughs> I mean, nobody knew about it because Wake fell. And, uh, you know, the, the survivors were prisoners, and some of them were later executed, you know. Um, so it, it's, it, I, I saw that. It's a book called Pacific Alamo. And I saw that, and I said, why doesn't anybody know about this? Now, Tom obviously did, but if you look at the scenario, uh, it's a really crazy OB, crazy rules, you know, this and that, the other thing. I mean, It's a desert board also, 30? Yeah, it's a desert board. I was trying to figure out what that board was. It's a desert board, okay. Yeah, we put some hillocks on it and stuff. Yeah. Because it basically was a beach. Yeah. Beach. But the the island was so you know I, I mean it's shaped I think there's there's wake peels and wilks and I think there's a you know the, it's mostly sand and scrub I mean he changed now Tom really really did a number on that it was like he took an ugly duckling and he really made it into a fun scenario but you have to be in the mood for it maybe you have to have a drink or two 
you know, uh, because it's it's definitely it's definitely out there. But you come across stuff like that, you know, the the flying column, which is the one that I did in the uh, the other one that I did in uh, this pack. Yeah, I just came across this. I mean, I was always interested in the Philippines. The, the Japanese are actually my favorite uh, nationality to play. So, you know, in the first Cav has a, has the has that great the great um, the great history. They have the great patch, you know. And this this one was a little tough because I really had it envisioned that it was a river. You know, they were crossing this very shallow river, but the battle really didn't take place until they got into the town. So the OB makes it interesting, I think, because the uh, the Japanese have some 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 guns, and the um, the Americans have the the Shermans. They have the uh, M8 Scout cars, which Nancy rode on one two weeks ago with me. Mm. Oh, oh, wow! I told her she's a girlfriend. I tell you, mm. she rode. It was a little bit tough getting in the turret, but once we were in the turret, we were all set. Mm. And you know they have cup holders. You know that mm. <laughs> cup holders. Who would have thought? They had carbine holders. Which, oh, okay. uh, yeah, there you go. I, I, I brought my carbine, but I couldn't. They didn't want me to take it out. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, so it's interesting. I'll be. I like the priests are in there too. There's some good leadership. That one comes down to a real slugfest. I, I have to think of it as, uh, you know, like uh, not Stalingrad because it's all huts and stuff. But it, it comes down to a slugfest in the town, and the, the again, it's the, the OBs are split in two. The Japanese. Are holding off, I think, from the Eighth Cavalry, uh, some guys who crossed downstream and came back, came upstream now to attack them on the flank. So there's there's two battles, you know, going on there. Uh, and you know, it's interesting too, because if you're trying to teach somebody to play the Japanese, that little force is always a good, you know, thing to say. Hey, you take these guys, and I'll take the main guys, and I'll show you, you know, I'll show you, you know, what to do, you know. But of course, the Japanese are different, attacking and defending. There's a world of difference, you know. Uh, do you so, when you do these? Do you write up? Do the write ups? Yes. Historical write ups. So you on the find, you don't find a grammatical error, did you? Because I'll be embarrassed. Oh, I do, <laughs> now that Douglas MacArthur had actually set foot on Luzon, he thirsted after even more so the glory that would accompany the recapture of Manila. I like the way you just sort of weave in some. Some you've got some thoughts there about Mr. MacArthur, I yeah, think. Of course, we all do. Now I didn't serve, so I don't think of him as a god. But yeah. you know what? He also had for for the amount of fighting he did, the number of casualties incurred was remarkably low. Mm. I mean, really, they they do say that about him. And the Inchon thing, I mean, you know, regardless of his megalomania and he wanted to be president, that Inchon thing, I mean, I don't know how familiar you guys are with that, but the Navy told him no. It was like a hard no, you know. Prom day. Yeah. Mm. yeah, like and, the tide wasn't right or all kinds of well, things. Well, the tide drops 35 feet. Yeah. So what happens is the first wave would land and it'd be stranded there because there'd be no water. And he got up with not any preparation. And I was just telling Nancy this a couple of weeks ago. And he gave a 45-minute speech off the top of his head. And he ended with, during my career, the Navy has never let me down. And I know they shall, they shall not do that now. He goes, I, we have to do this. And it was brilliant. Mm. It was brilliant. And then it was followed two months later by the debacle at, you know, up north because he insisted on pushing through the Yalu. And, and Sean, or the, uh, the um, yeah, the Yalu River and the, I had a, a friend that ran a game store, Charlie Prosec down here. He was selling all the war miniature games and stuff and, um, and bought all my ASL there in the beginning. He passed away, but he was, he was there and, a chosen when the Chinese overran, yeah, yeah. He's, they, he was one of the guys escaping. Read, uh, read Fox Hill because they uh they got uh they got cut off and they would they actually were the plug that stopped the, the Chinese from overrunning the whole division. You know, mm-hmm. interesting story about the carbine though. The carbine has a you know, mm-hmm. it's had a 15 round mag and uh it was light, it's only it's only uh it's only five and a half pounds depending on the wood, but at Fox Hill. They were taking they were taking weapons from the wounded, and they found out that the carbine rounds, which are just pistol rounds, I don't know how much you guys know about guns. I don't know a whole lot, but I know a lot about the carbine. Uh, it's a it's a thirty caliber pistol round. It's not only small, but it's a pistol round. It's like this. Wow. The Japanese, uh, the Japanese, the Chinese winter clothing were stopping the bullets. Mm-hmm. So the Marines were the Marines was yelling to each other, "Go for the heads if you got a carbine. Go for the heads because you know." Yeah, 
and they they just they just had no penetrating power. They wow, really are. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 cool looking guns. I mean, you know, when I went to, we went to the the living history, a lot of the guys were carrying them, but mostly because they're light. You know, mostly because they're light. And to go back to combat, Rick Jason carried one. And they tried to give him a Thompson. He says, I'm not carrying that goddamn thing for the next five years. <laughs> That's like 18 pounds or 15 pounds, you know, and it's all metal. So unfortunately, Vic Morrow got stuck with it. Yeah, that's right. I remember him. Yeah. And so. who, who carried the uh, BAR? Was that Kate? Sure, that's or... Nancy's favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My I... favorite is Little John. If you watch Little this John, movie, yeah, sure. Guy. Yeah. The... I also liked uh, Billy, who was his little friend. Uh, he was the first two seasons. And he was, they were like best friends. And little John was 6'8", and Billy was 5'7", and about 120 pounds. Like the t- typical American guy who was drafted or in the war. But that's that's what I do, because I do a lot of reading about the history. You know, I, I do a lot of history reading. So um, I just finished a book on Vietnam called uh, Nine Days in May about the 4th Infantry in the Highlands. Mm. So. Now, we, we found we found 10, a list of 10 scenarios you designed on when we searched your name in the, as Jeff thought of it, the ASL Scenario Archive. Yeah. So there's more than 10 then, I think. Yeah. Is this, I mean, My critical hits are over in a box, so I didn't dig those out. Critical hit, let me tell you something. about this. I did one scenario for them called Purple Hawk Corner. Yes. And that's we... In there. We let me tell you something. I had this bunker. I had my own bunker in the basement. I had all my friends play testing that one. And do you know why? That was my father's first time in combat. And wow. so what happened was I said I want to do something for my dad. You know that that says you know listen you know you pass this on to me. Um, he was in the thirty fifth infantry division, and uh, you know I wanted to do this, and it was actually kind of cool because it was kind of the boards are kind of crazy. And um, there was a Gestapo headquarters, which was fortified, but was held by, like, conscripts or maybe maybe second-line troops. But you know how we have the pictures, right? The picture on that scenario is my dad with an M1. No. Okay. And it's it's stateside. It's stateside. But, you know, I got him into I got him there. You know, I got him there. And believe me, believe me, I went through the rest of his trying to find out if there was any other battles I could do, and that was the only one. And it was the first time they were in combat. It's actually um, July 11th. So he was in combat for two months. So that's why I did that one. But the other one in the Yazzle Pack is uh, called Dropping Topside, and it's about the Corregidor drop. And one thing that really uh, makes me kind of happy and proud of the, some of the stuff I've done is Colin Naguera loves that scenario. Him and I play-tested it a couple times on Vassal, and... He is like he uses it in tournaments, and people don't want to do airdrops in a tournament, you know, if they're being if they think they're competitive. I mean, if they're a regular guy like me, you know, I mean, you might want to do it just for fun. But even still, because you you could get you could get so much randomness, you know, between broken squads landing in the water, you know, all this stuff. They don't, you know, people get turned off. But that's a fun battle because they had a in that one the Japanese captured two American fifties, and they turned them loose on them, you know. Oh. And uh, there's some Americans, I believe, on the ground. So that one he loves. I mean, he's always telling me, you know, we got to get this one some playtime out there. I mean, I think, I think it's the 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 raw record shows that maybe it's been played ten or twelve times. But I consider that pretty good for a paratroop scenario, you know, because like I said, people shy off of it, you know. That one, you know, because because in the Pacific they didn't have the airdrops like they had obviously in Europe. It was hard to find something. And, you know, that, that drop was interesting because they basically, you know, the, the sticks, and again, I, I really, you know, paratroopers is my thing. They used to have 18-man sticks. So the golf course and the, the parade ground were so small that they figured, even with slow-flying C-47s, you know, at 1,500 feet, they could only get six-man out at a time. So basically what happened was they had these two circles of, C-47s dropping off six men at a time, and when you got the 18th guy out, you flew away, you know. But there was there was a lot of injuries, and you know, Corregidor's small. It's shaped like a, it's actually shaped like a tadpole. It's small. Yeah, top side is the the head, the biggest part, but there was no drop zone. It really wasn't a drop zone. It was like dropping him on a football field, and these guys came out of the planes, 
and they dropped. Some of them landed in the jungle. Some of them landed in Manila Bay. At least 20% of them, I think, were, were hard on landing. Because what happened was the American bombardment and the American airstrikes did what the Japanese could never do. And they made it like a moonscape, you know. So there was, there was, you know, there was metal, there was concrete. If you look at the scenario setup, that's one of the things that I, I, I think Tom, Tom and Paul like about when we work together is I have a lot of randomness. So if you look in that one, I think there's random smoke and there's random rubble and there's random, you know, this and random that. So basically, because they didn't know what they were, they didn't know what they were landing in, you know. Yeah, and it gives it a lot of replay value that way. It it, it has uh, three three Japanese victories and two American victories. Yeah, he's always wanting. That's why Carl likes wants to get it out there. He thinks it's a great scenario. So if you guys take anything from this, play it. Because <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That was, we don't have that pack yet. So it's the first one. If some, I know. So if someone wants to send it to us, yeah. gratis, we will be yeah. glad to okay. talk about all this. I'll tell you if you. Uh, I'll tell you why you play, guys played, and we'll talk again about playing it because I love that one. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, it'd be fun. I think fairy well, pack soul. I get a dollar. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of your scenarios do seem to be more these more unique situations. So they really all look fascinating. Is it difficult also, I mean, like the one with the um, cut-off Americans, Brope, uh, Brouhaha? Yeah, I mean, it's um, but, but, but like this one, this is, is this retaking the island, Wake Island? No, no, what happened? American was, guns are Jap- broken? Yeah, when the Japanese landed, right, uh... The Americans, the Americans defending that part. I think it's Wilkes, Wilkes Island. Yeah, it's Wilkes Island. So basically, uh, the Americans had like fled because the guns were broken, and about about a hundred Japanese Marines landed. So this is not retaking the island. This was they, their attempt to retake the guns, but and this was in December of 1941. So you know how the war was going, right? So when they went to go retake the guns, they wiped out all the Japanese. I'm reading this and I'm like, what the hell? They're throwing rocks at them. There's 50 Marines, and you know they're armed with they're armed with Springfields. Not you know it's not a 1944 Marine squad, and there's these unarmed um, unarmed civilians, you know, picking up Japanese rifles, and they were yeah. going against Japanese elite Marines, and they basically wiped them out. Yeah, so you have the four five eight Marine, the, the smallest firepower, I think. Right. But you see, do you see the? Uh, you see, the, 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 the Americans, I believe, and I haven't looked at it in a while, the Americans have a lot of machine guns, though. They have, like, 250s. Yep. They basically, those were those were like AA batteries back then. So they basically, there was a lot of 50 caliber machine guns just lying around. And uh, they had, there's a hero or two, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, because a, a couple of them were, like, just incredibly brave. But, How do you decide where to have them all set up in, this, like, small small groups in separate areas of the board? Was that kind of in the story, the history? Well, what, reading, happened, or? what happened was in the book, let me tell you something. I pulled my hair out, right, trying to figure it out. And I, 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 I don't want to give Tom or Call anything that's not, in this case, it was Victor, Vic Provost, too, as well. I don't want to give him anything that's not really played or thought out or planned. So what I did was um, I did try to figure it out, and I did have something that I think was close. But... Tom, like I said, is a Wake Island fanatic. So he's also, I don't see many Wake scenarios. He's got, he's got, no. I think he's done two himself. He had access to some sort of historical documents that I didn't have. And he just, he just changed everything. Uh-huh. And, you know, he told me, I mean, he changed, it didn't change the flavor. He changed the, the actual nuts and bolts. But, you know, when he got back to me, he goes, hey, listen, he goes, I have this stuff. You didn't have it. I want to, I want to make it good. That's what I'm saying. He really should get co-writing, co-credit for that co-credit for that because he really he really god bless him he put a lot of time and effort into it that's also fun but like i said you got to be in the mood for that one i think you got to really just it's a desert board there's a broken bulldozer too you didn't mention that i like the bulldozer yeah there's (laughs) there's a wreck yeah a vehicle wreck and a broken bulldozer on board that the japanese have along with those broken i think the bulldozer is actually um Is it rally terrain? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And wreck, gun, and bulldozer all count as a building for route and rally. Because what happened was when they counterattacked, it was one of those cases where there was a, 
it was there was a certain amount of ferocity. I think they were just pissed off, and they they just attacked, screaming and yelling. And the Japanese fell back, and they were cowering in these places, you know. And in the fifties, when they the fifties cut them up, you know. So it just it just became a a, a route. But then again, I said, you know, I try to look for things that aren't you know like you don't see too often. So you know that's why. But in the same interim now. I mean, I have a few, uh, a few, a few Korean ones that I'm going to work with Call on, and these 82nd Airborne. Now I'm getting more, you know, I want to get some that are played, you know, because my good friend Joe Liosi, he uh, he designed a scenario like 25 years ago called First Cri- uh, Final Crisis of Black Bull. Great scenario. It's in Critical Hit. Uh, I think it's Critical Hit 39, and I know this because every time I see Joe, we talk about how it's doing on Raw, and I love talking to him because I play tested it with him. He's done the scenario, but it's like 50 and 50. It's been played like 100 times. So I'm trying to, you know, what will make me happy is to see something played 30 times. Because now it's almost like, you know, back in the 30s, there were 16 baseball teams, right? Now there's 30. So, you know, it's hard to repeat. You know, what Joe Torre did with the Yankees. I'm not a Yankee fan. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, know, it was an incredible feat. So I, I would like to see some of mine get up into the 30 range. I think Hard Rock is close. I think it's about 28 or 29. You know, but again, I'm a little disappointed that one side seems to be winning a lot more. Might see enough after this episode goes out. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, what are you working on now? You said you've got some Korean stuff to... Yeah, I got some Korean stuff. Some of the stuff from uh, that book, Colden in Hell, which is why it's pissing me off. I know where it is. I can go get it, but I don't want to bore you guys. Watching my pants again, but <laughs> I had, uh, I have, uh, uh, you know, that, and I think the 82nd Airborne, I want to go back to that. I'd like to do a, I'd like to do a desert scenario only because, like I said, the, the one thing that's beautiful about ASL, it's almost like soccer, you really can do anything, you know. I, I've never done a cave scenario, I've never played a cave scenario, I've never really done a real beach landing. You know, uh, maybe I did, but it was 20, 20 years ago, and I really didn't know what I was doing. Or maybe we were just fuddling through it. Crete's another one. I like Crete. So, but the thing is, what what, what happens is you gotta, you really gotta get a book and just have the idea germinate. You know, like that All American All the Way book. I got that book, and even though, I, you know, maybe I'm not gonna get to it for another five years. You know, because uh, Nancy and the album are taking a lot of time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, you know, it just, it just drives you nuts. You want to finish it, and it takes so long, you know. I like mm-hmm. to find holes and stuff, you know, like with the Quasa one, like I, I didn't see, I, don't, I think they only had one or two South Korean scenarios. So I was actively wanted to say, where, where is there a South Korean, you know, where, where did they fight? You know, and this one was kind of cool. Originally, the, we had the, the first turn for the, the rocks to come on the board, but everybody's like, well, you're going to do the move, you know, beforehand because nobody can interfere with you. So why don't you just have the North Koreans go first, you know, set up within um, a, you know. And that saves time, playing time. Yeah, yeah. it just was, but I kind of like, you know, I, it's almost like the uh, intentional walk used to be. You know, they actually made you throw the four pitches. Right. Because you never knew when it was going to get away. <laughs> right? So that's kind of like, yo, I made a mistake, you know. Whereas if you're doing it, it's part of setup, you, you make a lot less mistakes setting up than moving, you know. But that oh, yeah. was, that's the that's the beauty of ASL, though. Because, I, like I said, you know, I I, I I like certain actions in France. I mean, you know, I got certain, we all have favorite vehicles. So Pan Pan's my favorite. You know, the French armored cars, the Pan Thoughts. So anytime oh, okay. both, Anytime one of those scenarios come out, I have to play it. I have to get a hold of it, play it. I like all armored cars. The M8s in the pack call scenario on a, a Fool's Errand. Um, the pack that you guys were holding up about mm-hmm. the VN and the French. They got they got four M8s in that, and I love M8s. So anytime I see M8s, that, that's the fun of it. You know, I, I, you, you like certain things. You know, certain people like the the uh, Chinese, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, you know, some people won't play other parts and... Parts that I like, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I think, and that's what I said. I think in the, in the, in the Calvary article, or maybe the Paratroop article, you, you really deny yourself if you don't, if you don't try everything, because it really is like a buffet, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you really got to try it all, you know. But, you know, like I said, some of them do take, you know, a lot of time and effort because they're, they're just so, 
But if, if you got an interest, like I always, I'm always fascinated. I'm always fascinated mm-hmm. by the fact that people don't play more desert because it, it really is like totally different. And you know what? Once you get the hang of it, it's a pisser because there's no, oh, I'm going to get a minus two shot. Well, no, because you got the Kazmin or you got the, the wind blowing. You know, Kazmin. Yeah, yeah. blindness and all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some blindness. And you get all those extra die rolls, that third die roll, which is halved. Oh, it's going to add them, you know, to your thing. Um, I mean, is um, it's inc- it's a great it's a great thing, and, and it's fast. I mean, it's you know you're not worried about line of sight. You're not worried about yeah. How, you know you're not worried about yep. Yeah, and the range. Everything is at twenty hexes. You know, it just but it's different. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's better. Yeah. See, like yeah, getting like, rid of all the line of sight. It seems like it'd be the place players should start because they don't yeah. have to worry about. Looking down from buildings and yeah. behind because that's the thing. I think that's the thing yeah. that kills a lot of players when they first start playing. You know, is the line of sight. That's if you never played Terrible Swift Sword or you never played Panzer Blitz. You know, it's it comes second nature if you've played those games. It's obviously a little bit more difficult because there's always those caveats. You know, if you're in a gully, if you're two X's away. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, yeah. I encourage people to play that. You know, but you know what happens, though? I've heard from some players, um, and, and good ones, people that I, you know, I, I know they know what they're talking about. Like, you look at the Pacific, and you look at the records of some of the scenarios, and you question, like, how, you know, did, do people really know the Pacific? Do they really know the rules, you know? Or there's a one time, dip my finger, foot in it, and walk away, you know? Right. You know? Yeah, and... So the yeah. the, re- the 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 records can yeah can be a little questionable that way. Like I used to not do the vehicle bypass freeze move ever, and so now if I replayed scenario, so maybe I ruined yeah. it for that side because I didn't do that to make a good infantry right. run. You know. Yeah, so. that's the, that's the whole thing. But the thing is, you know what I like about the record though, just from my perspective, is you can see how many people are interested in the scenario. You know, even if it's yeah, it surely shows. Even if it's somebody now, Carl is very strong and dragon. When he picks the scenarios for the tournament, if it's like five and five and three, I mean, right away I'm like saying it's not enough planks. But he's like, oh, it's a, you know, I don't want to use it. He wants something that's really close to fifty-fifty. You know, yeah. yeah. And I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him for that. You know, because you want to get in the habit of tweaking the scenarios because, you know. Uh, <clears throat> Because you don't, you know, if, unless you played it five times, you really don't know how to tweak it. You really gotta, you know, because you don't know that one die roll. That was one good thing about Albany. Another friend of mine who I, I don't see a, a lot anymore, but Gary Trezza. Do you guys ever hear? Yeah, Gary. We met him. I met. Yeah, we met him at. Uh, Mr. Personality uh, tournament. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. like the strong. I gave him. I gave him the. Uh, I gave him the. He actually learned how to play in my basement. I was the first one to notice he really. Looked like Mussolini. I mean, so when I used to go to Albany, I used to have it. He's not there anymore. I really wish Gary, if you're watching, come back and play because he hasn't been he hasn't been up there in like five years. <clears throat> After COVID, Gary, come up and play. But I used to have this thing, and in Italian, it's you know, Gary was like, he was like, you know, finish your game, or I'm gonna have to adjudicate, and you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. So I had a, a picture of Mussolini, and it's in Italian. Don't force me to adjudicate. <laughs> So I used to walk around with that, and I would ever say, "I look like Gary," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's who it looks like." That's great. Gary is a great player, though. Gary's a great player, and I'm glad he learned. Yeah. In my basement, he's really a, a, an incredible player. He knows the rules really good. And one kudos that I'll give to him, and I hope he's watching this, is Everybody's he's watching. He used to do the scenarios for Albany, and he made sure to play all of them, and I think in a lot of cases, multiple times. He wanted to make sure that those scenarios were good, yeah. you know, and even if they weren't totally balanced, that interesting that people would want to play them, that the choice wouldn't be like, okay, I only like this scenario, but which one of these five scenarios do I want to play? Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that really. Well, it looks like we um, we are running out of time. We got an hour plus show here. Okay. With you, Mike. So. You're gonna uh, cut it down to three minutes? <laughs> no, no. If uh, I think it's I think it's a great interview. So okay, thank you. I hope I wasn't too boring. Um, no, no, oh, not at all. no, not at all. Just okay. a great mix of history of the game, what it takes to do these scenarios. I think it's it's great for listeners to get a chance to see all the variety of things that you've worked what, on what here. Thing, and, 
one thing about designing, oh, I should have said this up front. You know, Perry Cock and Brian Yaus, I used to see them in yeah. tournaments. And they were like the big boys. They were like, you oh, know, oh, yeah. Andrew, they were like Andrew Lloyd Webber on Broadway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would just, you just looked up to these guys, you know. And I remember just talking to Perry. Perry's very down to earth. And if you have an idea, just play around with it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not magic. It's just a little yeah. bit of work, you know, and interest. And you know what? You know, nothing makes me happy than have you guys ask to talk to me or call saying, oh, I love dropping topside. It's got to get more play. We got to get it out there. I want it played, you know. I mean, it feels good, but it also feels good when you play Tester with a friend of yours and they say, well, oh, I had a great time. And that's how Bro Bray was. It was exactly yeah. like that. So yeah. hard to balance, you know. Well, this is a great interview. So remember, everybody, to uh, roll low and rally well. But, but not when you play us. Okay, see you guys later. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Great interview. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye.